is up, guys? This is our new podcast, Distinct Laughter. I'm Grant Harris, and I'm Spencer Woodall. I'm Benjamin Stone. And I'm Andrew Willard. And just yesterday, me and Grant, my friend here, we were watching a movie called A Few Good Men. And we were just shocked at how good the film was, how good the acting was. And we were also very shocked to find that it won no Oscars, no Academy Awards. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, Best Film Editing, Best Sound Mixing. But it didn't win a single one. And I just couldn't figure out who could be a better choice for Best Supporting Actor than Jack Nicholson in that film. So we wanted to sit here and debate a little bit about Best Actor, Best Film, and whether or not the Oscars are a good representation of what actually qualifies as a good film. Yeah, uh, so for, you know, what's wrong with the Oscars? You, you have to look at, they're asking the question of, like, why wasn't this movie nominated for an Oscar? I mean, some people say it goes back years. I think it's more evident now as it's evolved over time. Like, it's, it's more evident as to what's happening now with it because you have movies that are made for, like, like, in, like Avengers Endgame, it's made for, like, 500 million bucks, wins, like, maybe a film editing or something. They might, like, give yeah. it, throw it a bone for a nomination on there. Made, like, $2 billion. Yeah. I mean, it made its money back in droves, and, like, they put more into it than they've put in any other movie. And you've got this movie that was made for 15000 in some Californian apartment, and you're like, what? Like, <laughs> like what? what is that? Why are, why, why are we, you know, All raising this? this? You see a huge... Um, proportion of indie films as opposed to mainstream films like for example uh the movie logan another marvel film i consider that to be one of, in my opinion the greatest film ever made under the name of marvel and yet it was not nominated for an oscar well, well see that's the thing the greatest film made under the name of marvel well the academy pretty much thinks that all films made under the name of marvel are just about dog shit yeah, I mean, <laughs> like just superhero movies in general. The Dark Knight was another Oscar snub. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they get nominated and, for Best Picture, but they gave the acting nom to Heath Ledger. Well, of course, he was the, probably the greatest Joker. Of, I mean, not probably. He was the best Joker of all time. But then we have Joaquin Phoenix recently. We just I don't care. I, Heath I, Ledger's I, Joker was better than Joaquin. I Phoenix, haven't seen although the I do love Joaquin Joker. Phoenix. I love that Joker movie, but Heath Ledger's Joker. I and, think he set the standard yeah, for what a Joker should be. Exactly. They can't. That can't be matched. I, I think I think he gave. I mean, there's no telling because like when somebody comes before you like that, you're no doubt taking inspiration from them and looking at what they've done. So like, it's hard to accredit you know all of this to Joaquin Phoenix's or originality. So like, he could have taken a lot from Heath Ledger, and they're they're good in different ways. But you know. so I think I, I disagree. I think that like you know Jared Leto when he played. The Joker. He had no similarity to Heath Ledger's Joker whatsoever. Oh, yeah. It was completely different. And I think the reason he did that was actually kind of smart, even though it didn't work out, is that it's impossible to recreate that Joker. You can't, because first of all, you can't copy that Joker. You can't recreate it, even if yeah. you tried. Yeah. You know, so uh, I think what he tried to do was he tried to just completely recreate the Joker, and in a way, it was, it was a good, it was a Accurate to say, like an animated uh, TV show, like mm -hmm. Batman: The Brave and the Bold, is what it looked like. Yeah. But to see it live action like that, to see what the Joker was, and to see what he became, it's kind of like the Star Wars prequels, you know? To see this amazing Star Wars universe go straight to 
the prequels that were shitty as they were. You know, we're, we're nerds, by the way, just so y'all know. <laughs> I just wanted to say, um, the thing that was really, you said, you said, like, Heath Ledger's Joker was one of the best, but we're, you forget that he came after Jack Nicholson, who was also considered that the best. That is very good point. That is a good point. That is very so good he, point. So he, not only did Heath Ledger come after a legend, he created a legend in his own character. And I think the thing with Joaquin Phoenix is that, you know, even though I see this a lot, so I love both Joaquin Phoenix and Heath Ledger's Jokers, but Joaquin Phoenix was definitely the best. Arthur Fleck is the character's name. He was the best person to become the Joker, and then Heath Ledger was the best at personifying the Joker. The, the Heath Ledger was just the Joker. Yeah. They, like they never even he never even needed a backstory or anything like that. It was literally just he was the purely the Joker and no one else. That, that's the thing. Like so, Heath Ledger he he's an agent of chaos where it's so it's terrifying. He's a terrifying villain because you don't understand how he became how he very unpredictable, like, it, and you don't understand what's motivating him, what he's going to do next, why he does what he does, and that that's a different kind of terror than like when you see the breaking down of a human being in Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. And I think another cool shout-out, you know, here with the podcast being named Distinct Laughter, I mean, one of the coolest things of the new Joker, I thought, was how they showed the uh, the medical condition of, like, uncontrollable laughter. That was really creative. Like, that, yeah. Yeah, Some men bad. just want to see the world bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Lost the wine. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that laugh right there is... It completely because the Joker laugh is an iconic thing in itself. You know, the Joker always laughs and put on puts on this huge smile. I mean, I love how Heath Ledger talked about like, but it's just like they said he he recreated a new kind of Joker, Joaquin Phoenix did, just like Heath Ledger did after Nicholson. Um, he he made it in a completely different way that was explained through this medical. Well, I think what was really good about this new Joker movie is that you know, number one, it was a completely different style of how you know comic book movies are made because it was a more art house type movie versus you know the similar to like logan yeah similar to logan it yeah. was it was a different from the way that those superhero movies are usually made where it's like yeah. kind of made for kids kind of fun a little bit of comedy a little bit of you know kid jokes thrown in there that still kind of applies to adults but i think the thing is is that was really good with joker because i saw the trailers i remember seeing the trailers last year in july and i thought Oh, there's no way I'd watch that because, number one, I wouldn't think Joaquin Phoenix would have been that good of the Joker. Then again, that was a horrible mistake. If you've never seen that movie, you should definitely watch it. But DC, I'm a DC guy over Marvel, and I know what? I get a lot of hate. <laughs> listen, listen, I can explain. I'm a huge Batman fan, right? Like, that's Batman is my favorite superhero. So how do you feel about Ben Affleck? Horrible. <laughs> what about Robert Pattinson? <laughs> The new one. I don't know. You know, so the is that thing, his name, Robert Pattinson? Yeah, the dude from Twilight. Twilight guy. <laughs> the thing is, is that Christian Bale was such a good Batman for me. That just was kind of a step down. I was like, there's no way you could match Christian Bale, and like, I, I just gave up on watching it. Also. What about Michael Keaton? What about the Michael Keaton Batman? Mike, Michael Keaton was really good. I love Michael Keaton's Batman. Yeah, he was. Who, who what was about Val Kilmer? George Clooney. <laughs> I, George Clooney with his Batman nipples? <laughs> Dude, those bat nipples what are iconic. dinosaurs? <laughs> I see. I don't think those were bad. I think Val Kilmer was definitely better than George Clooney as Batman. What was Val Kilmer? Yeah, he was... Um, Adam that? West. 
Yeah, he's the first Batman. Mm-hmm. He brought it to mainstream. And made oh, wait. Right. He's got to get credit for that. Obviously. We forgot about... Okay, so you got Jack Nicholson, right? You got the right. Jack Nicholson uh-huh. go Joker. But then you got... What's the guy's name? The original Joker, like in the Batman... Caesar, I forget. Caesar Romero. I forget. Yeah, he yeah, was... Pr- like, he created the standard. Like, he yeah. actually did. Like, you gotta... Listen, when you talk... I feel like when you talk about all superhero movies, you have to pay homage to the originals. You know, like... Obviously, you know, Marvel is very new with creating... Yeah, they were not able to create yeah. very iconic uh, or original, like, films. You got Spider-Man, yeah. but that was still made in, like, what, 2000? Yeah. I mean, nobody knew who Iron Man was until Robert Downey Jr. literally made Iron Man. No one knew who Robert Downey Jr. was until he made Iron Man. <laughs> okay, now that's not true. He was not well, that popular he, at the time. He had fallen off the edge of yeah. the earth. I mean, he, was, he, he was, like, alcoholic, was drug addict, down, yeah. all that stuff. And, you know, I mean... Tropic Thunder, and then that, like, back-to-back. That, that was or his he big was comeback. Blackface for Tropic <laughs> Speaking Thunder. Speaking of, Heath Ledger beat him in the Oscar that year for Best Supporting Actor. Was he? What was he nominated for? Best Supporting Actor, yeah. But, but what when movie? Robert Downey Jr. Tropic. was nominated for Tropic Thunder, yeah. and he did an amazing In Blackface? Show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... He, was, he played an Australian playing a black man. Well, oh, also did, that's he, what it was for. He's very good at... Doing an Australian accent, he was in uh, what movie is that with uh, Woody Harrelson? Well, he talked like like Chris Hemsworth. Woody, he yeah, he like does. What? Yeah, it's Woody, Woody Harrelson. And... It's like Fuck it's Chris pretty. Hemsworth. It's He's pretty iconic. Uh, but the thing is, with that character, you could still hear his Australian and like they like even trip acid. They like trip acid all the time, and they just kill people. So. Getting into like just watched it. Natural Born Killers. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He all, Robert Downey Jr. was in that, and he did a perfect Australian accent. I wonder why he does Australian accents. <laughs> I don't know why they couldn't get a fucking Australian to play that role. <laughs> I heard when they originally tried to make that movie, they wanted to make sure Robert Downey Jr.'s character was Irish, so Australian, because you know a lot of the method actors, you know the actors who are really mm-hmm. just good at winning Oscars, like Daniel Day Lewis. They're all Irish. They come from that European type surrounding, and there's not a lot of Australians like that, which I thought was really interesting. Because so, one thing I want to talk about is like certain actors. Like, what uh, qualifies as say a good actor, like an Oscar award? There's a difference between a good actor and an uh, and an actor that's going to win an Academy Award. Like, for example, I use this example all the time. Chris Hemsworth. I reached. I recently watched him in Extraction. Wonderful movie, I loved it. But Chris Hemsworth is not the kind of guy that's going to get nominated for an Oscar. Like he's just right. not. He doesn't play roles that are usually like because, like you said, it's usually like indie films or stuff like The Godfather, A Few Good Men. That are and and he. I don't see Chris Hemsworth. He's more of an action star. That's why you don't see people like him winning Oscars for stuff like that. You know, like yeah. same with same with Sylvester Stallone. He's a, he's an action star. You know, he he's yeah. that's that's his mole or something like that. I'm Jason Statham's a good actor. I'm assuming well, that Rocky won. Well, he won Academy Rocky Awards because he's an amazing director. He has won Academy Awards for just like Clint Eastwood has never won an Academy Award for Best Actor, but he has for. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he has won for Best Director, but not Best uh, Actor. Yeah, well, Clint Eastwood's won. What, probably won a lot for Best Director. Yeah, he won for Unforgiven. I think he won for um, Flags of Our Fathers or Letters from Iwo Jima as well. So, so for like talking about like the action stars differing from the Oscar stars, they're actually there's been a lot of talk uh, with the Academy adding a category called um, or adding a category for stunt people. 
So I feel like that would be a way to. Did you say where, stunt people? Yes, yeah, stunt people. So like, you, so Cruise? all these action stars have. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't have one. <laughs> I mean, basically, he just jumps out of any place. That's a good point. Shouldn't he deserve? An Oscar just because you know, like he does all these risks in his well, movie. Well, what's his name? Um, Leonardo DiCaprio. He's he is the kind of guy who he fits the mold of. He's always playing in these like really artsy films, like the 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 Departed, um, and movies like that yeah. that are really like iconic film. Titanic, those iconic films that are seen as like masterpieces, and um, it took him. Crawling through the like the things that he went through during um he was snubbed for Oscars like five times more than any other he had like more nominations than any other actor that had been turned down you know he had like more nominations with with zero wins like for example Denzel Washington's probably been nominated eight times but he's got what one or two Oscars I mean yeah I don't see how when you like roles that he played like in Django with the just hyper racist slave owner like and how he just sold that performance and then you've got roles all the way to like wolf of wall street where he literally acted like he had cerebral palsy when he was breaking down from doing too much drugs and like th and then like you know what's it called the revenant where he was mauled by a bear well i mean he, he sold that it. yeah he and he he ate oh, actual God. raw bison meat and threw it up for that role it was like he was basically clawing his way towards an oscar in the whole film it was just it was it was awesome to watch though and he definitely deserved it i believe like, but see things like you were saying with like tom cruise the things he does for his roles i think it's because those action movies usually get snubbed for those oscars well you know i think um a lot of reason why actors get considered for best you know any kind of recognition at all is stage presence or screen presence like like their ability to play iconic characters well not not just that but Okay, for instance, there have been five actors where I've watched their performances and I've said, okay, that's the best performance I've seen this year. And that's that was Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody. That was Fair amazing. Enough. Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. Okay. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis in, in Lincoln. I don't know if you guys have yeah, seen I, I've that Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, He's I know what you're talking really about. good in that movie. Yeah. There's only one of the of my people that didn't win, and that was Christian Bale in Vice, and that was because he was against oh, Robbie Mott. He's an amazing actor. Yeah, and he's very good method. Actor watch too. Vice. He's he gained so much weight for that role. Well, he's famous for changing his body for roles and stuff. Like yeah. he before he played the Dark Knight, where he's this massive, you know. Yeah, he played the machinist, where he was a hundred. He's a he's a big guy. He's like six foot two, and he weighed a hundred and twenty pounds for that role. And then within like ten weeks, he gained a hundred pounds to play Batman. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah, the way, but yeah, I saw Vice as well, and Dick Chan, Sam Rocco also did a great George W. Bush. Like I've never, <laughs> but he didn't steal the show like no, Bale did. You no, know, that's why he didn't win Best Supporting Actor. But Christian Bale, I think, I think if Rami Malek wasn't Freddie Mercury that year, Christian Bale would have won Best Actor. That's what I think, and you could. You could debate with me. I, I'm trying to go back and memorize like what were the nominations that year with um against Christian Bell and Rami Malek. Um, but I mean, yeah, I would probably give it to Dick Cheney because I I loved Vice. I think it shows like a lot of what was going on with that presidency. You know, it was basically a lot of it was just Dick Cheney pulling the strings of this legacy politician and doing and Dick Cheney getting the policies he wanted in. So I think that was a great movie, and he. Did a great job in gaining all that weight. Most people think, oh, that's just a fat suit. No, he, he went yeah. for that. Someone who didn't get a nomination that year, though, Steve Carell. He was 
Steve Carell was really good in that movie. Yeah. I well, I think he's he, he's created uh, this sort of he's sort of typecast himself into these comedy roles. You know, like for example, Will Ferrell's an amazing actor. Will Ferrell's probably never going to be nominated for an Oscar because of the roles that he plays. Yeah. Just like with like Jason Statham, he's an action star. He's an he's an amazing actor, but he's never going to be nominated for an Oscar because he's typecast in See, these in these roles. J Jim Carrey's my favorite example of that because Jim Carrey is like a great comic. And you know he's a great, he's a great actor. Yeah, like, but he, he he's also is a very good dramatic. Th actor. Like that's that's no what I'm saying. Like he, like he just doesn't get the credit for that because it's like oh that's the funny guy. It's like no, this is the do anything guy. Like he's... Leonardo DiCaprio can do that too. Mm -hmm. Like he can be funny. He can be serious. Like literally every movie he's in. I think he's that's iconic. a that's a big a factor in who what we call an amazing actor. Someone who can go outside of one genre. Like I said with the action stars, typically. They only play action roles, so you're like you're usually not going to see someone like Jack Nicholson playing Rambo, you know. But he could if he needed to. Yeah. That's the thing is like you won't see mm -hmm. Sylvester Stallone playing in A Few Good Men. You're not going to see that. You're not going to see that. All right. But someone like Jack Nicholson, and, and I'll be honest, I think on that topic, I think Jack Jack Nicholson. In my opinion, is the best actor. Best. Best. He has the most Academy Award nominations of any other male actor. Yeah, but to me, Oscar or Academy Awards has nothing to do with. Like, but still, it is. I think in that regard, I do agree with the Oscars on that because even they can't snub him on his performances. Yeah, I think The Shining, uh, A Few Good Men, all right, The Departed, The Departed, the Departed. every single role he, The Joker, every single role he plays as an iconic character. Every single one of them. That's true. For the most part, like he is a very and he's a very versatile actor. He's able to fit any mold. He's a villain. He's you know, he's um a real serious character. It's like he could play pretty much anything he wanted to. Have he's you seen very the versatile. The, I have not. The Adam Sandler movie. That's he's of he's, course I have not seen him in an Adam Sandler movie. He, Why would you even ask? No, that was a really funny movie. I watched it like last week, and I'm not a huge Adam Sandler fan myself, but that's a good movie. I love Adam Sandler. I think you watch. I it. think a I, I would a, break down in tears. About I think a close second, a close second would be um Anthony Hopkins. Okay. Okay. That's okay. very that's good. good. But um, just he, from from what's it called uh, yeah, from um what's it called uh. Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Just yeah. from that alone. So, so for for me, Anthony Hopkins. I, I've seen Silence of the Lambs, and it's a it's a great movie. But my favorite role that he's ever played wasn't in a movie. It's it was in Westworld. I don't know if y'all have ever seen Westworld, but um, is that it's like some futuristic sci-fi thing? Yeah, it's it's you know it's a park where you know AI are like rich people just go uh, and live in this made up world of AI. That looks like you know the Western world, and he's like the the gene, the evil genius behind it all. That's created this with all the AI, and he knows like how their minds work, and he can manipulate the actual people that go inside by controlling the host in a certain way. What other films has Anthony Hopkins been in? Four. <laughs> yeah, he was Odin. Odin's <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. beard. But but see, it's important that like notice we like he brings up Thor, and it's like. Because it, it's like a comic book film, and we don't like put it on the same level of something it's, like Silence really of the Lambs. In this conversation, like when we're talking about like best actors and stuff, usually a conversation of like best actor, you wouldn't think Denzel Washington, best actor, in my opinion. That's a very good point. Denzel is an amazing actor, but I do think 
and also he's very versatile as well. I will agree with you on that. Just similar to Jack. I think he might even be more versatile than Jack Nicholson. I must, I must say, if you've watched The Equalizer recently, it was. I gotta say, oh, it was an awful movie. Oh, it was an awful movie. Awful. I hate. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Saying it's an awful movie is just like saying the uh, the um the Expendables is an awful movie. Yes. But you're still gonna watch it. <laughs> you know, it's one. It's like a train wreck. I, but, it's awesome to but, see, but it's terrible to the, watch. The Expendables for me, it was it was attempting to go over the top. The Equalizer for me, it seemed like it was, like it was. God, <laughs> get over that. <laughs> it it was. The, the Expendables was laughing at itself. Just keep talking, man. Just, just like Andrew's yeah, doing right now. He's laughing the way at his I see own the Expendables, <laughs> it's like, because fuck you, that's why. That's the Expendables in a nutshell. Because fuck you, that's why. Um, the, <laughs> the Expendables, bitch. The, the Equalizer is more of... Um, it, it's trying to take it seriously, and I, I think it just tried to be taken, and it like wasn't. It's not like... It's, he's not Liam Neeson to me. Um, that's not saying that Denzel can't do good in other roles, but I don't think when we're talking about like like Andrew's been saying, like I think the best actor has to do with you know you we're talking about something versatile. <laughs> He's very good I at his, playing serious roles. I will. I am with you when but I get I'm it. not a big fan of of films that don't take themselves serious. I, when I, when it comes yeah. to the beauty of film, it's the level of serious. Like A Few Good Men is a very serious film. It's not like Star Wars or yeah. you know the Mar or Marvel where it's like they're throwing these little jokes for kids and everything's trying to appeal to all these different audiences. No, it's it's in your face. It's like this is a real situation. This is how it would be handled. There's no joking here. There's no comedy. This is this. And even though I love comic com, um, comical films, it's like when I go to see a movie about war. Or about a serious case, I don't want there to be comic relief. I don't want it to be like, you know what I'm saying? Like in the Equalizer, I feel like they're trying to look, it's like you got all these little jokes and stuff in there. It's like, it's hard to take it seriously. Whereas in Taken, like you said, it's not really like that. Yeah. You know, it's from the from the time it starts until the time it ends, it's very dark. And I'm a big fan of like dark anti hero type movies, like, like Taken. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. The, the issue with that, like, it comes back to how we were talking about Thor earlier. So, like, I I didn't like the first two Thors. Let, let me get no that out did. there. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody did. The, the Thor, Thor, Thor the Dark <laughs> No, Chris Hemsworth was pro probably very disappointed. In Thor Ragnarok, though? Let me tell you how bad those films were. They replaced one of his friends, at the the actor's one friend, no one fucking noticed. You know the green guy that looks like Robin Hood? They replaced the actor, no oh. one noticed. <laughs> Yeah, no, because no one gives a fuck about. No that. one gives a shit. They it's got like, killed off in Ragnarok. Let's, the, uh, spoiler alert, but they who cares? They got killed off in Ragnarok in the first five minutes, and it, like it was nothing. Like they just threw a knife at him and they died. Well, yeah. the movie's three years old, so if you haven't watched it by now, that's kind of your fault. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're gonna watch it if you haven't seen it. Yet. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think it's still on Netflix because they're moving all that Disney stuff to Plus, Disney Plus and yeah. everything. But um, Disney is the Thanos of movie studios. But but it's important that like a movie franchise like Thor recognized that like they weren't doing good at taking themselves seriously and they could turn more into like a Deadpool kind of you know they made more of a Deadpool kind of turn like yeah. just well, that's like, the difference too like you got they Disneyfied the Marvel uh well really it wasn't Disneyfied so much it's kind of been consistent with that comic relief and stuff like that ever since the first Spider-Man I don't even. I wouldn't even say Ragnarok is comic relief. It the whole movie. It, it is a comedy itself. Exactly. Like yes. it's not just like 
being serious and then there's some comic relief. It's a comedy with some serious aspects. So obviously <laughs> it's one of those, something like Thor Ragnarok, even though it's a good film, it's entertaining, it's fun to watch, it's not going to be nominated. Even the more serious uh, Marvel films like, for example, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is a bit darker than, say, the first Avenger or, you know, because it's a little, but despite, and also Black Panther. Now, Black Panther, however, was nominated for an Oscar. I will say it was a good film, but I don't think it should have been placed ahead of something like Logan, you know, which was, in my opinion, it was a very serious film, and it talked, and it, it was just like, it's very similar. If y'all ever played the video game The Last of Us, it's very similar in yeah. the story. So, so the and I, and just to like tease out the difference between Logan and uh, Black Panther, there, like the difference for me comes in the, their third acts. So Logan's third act is very, it's it's heartbreaking. Like I was in tears at the end of that movie. Whereas, <laughs> whereas Black Panther, like the the most iconic moment from the end of that film is where, where and I'm sorry, of course we're talking talking about the end. We've all seen it. We've all seen Black Panther. It's yeah. a Marvel film. We've all seen it. It made um, like billions of dollars. Yeah. So I mean, you've got Killmonger at the top of the hill, you know, and then T'Challa up there with him. But to me, that doesn't come anywhere close to when you have you know, Laura uh, or X twenty three turning the Cross bike into a spoiler an as well for Logan. <laughs> you have not seen Logan yet. Fuck you. And, and I think it has a lot to do with, like I said, the third act of that film where you have like it's just this big CGI fest of action where you've had all this seriousness before it of just Killmonger and T'Challa just going at it, and it, it's like clashing two action figures together. Whereas the it's, whereas that's very accurate as to how it looks. Whereas like the death of Logan, like it's this. You know, it's a it's, death of a franchise. Like, it's a, it's exactly. He's been playing that character for like twenty years. Yeah, and I mean, it, you watch this man like deteriorate slowly. He he takes what it, he takes like the drug um, at, that will ends up you know killing him just to have the rage powers to you know to save protect, his daughter to save his daughter and his kids. And like that's action that means something as compared to you know just like I said the kind of Black Panther third act of just clashing two action figures together. It was, very, it was, just same, it was similar to, even though there was a lot of cultural significance behind it, you see a lot, it's basically the same as the Ant-Man film. Yeah. You know, it's literally just two action figures just clashing together. How are y'all feeling know? about the... Well, I think I spent... I don't understand the cultural something. significance of the Black Panther film, though, because it's not like he was the first black superhero. Because Blade was the first well, black superhero. Uh, well, he was created. Black Panther, I believe, he was created in a time like during the '60s, '70s. Yeah. Uh, at a time where there was a lot of you know racial divide, even more so than today. And so he was created as sort of this. So Wakanda, essentially, for those who don't know, Wakanda is basically this this country in Africa that was untouched by slavery or and there's a lot of things that were uh, other countries were coming to Africa to steal its natural resources, and it's basically. Saying what Africa could have been if it had never been exploited by, um, for lack of a better word, white white people. And I think that's essentially. A, I think that's a really important thing that it brought up. Yeah, it's really important because it shows us like you know. Yeah, what, it's the most advanced civilization in the world is yeah. essentially what it's painted as. But I don't think the dark. I don't think Black Panther is better than the Dark Knight, and I don't agree. I don't understand why the Dark Knight didn't get nominated for Best Picture. Well, like I said, it's, it's the cultural significance is why the Oscars... Because, you know, the Oscars got into... There was a lot of uh, controversy behind the Oscars. Everybody thought that the Oscars was, in a way, like, you know, the whole hashtag, Oscars so white. So I feel like they were trying to step yeah, yeah. away from that 
and nominate this super culture. It was kind of like Selma. It was kind of like Selma in the way that it was like, you know, basically the plot no, of it not is... I say it's not a bad movie, but I'm just... Yeah you, yeah, you are right, but it's not a bad movie. It still could have been deserving of Oscar nomination, even if that wasn't true. Because literally what, what I've read is that the cultural significance of it is like, it's kind of like these two characters. It's, um, you have on the one side, you have... Uh, T'Challa, who is the Black Panther, the pro protagonist of the film, he's basically embodying. I think he was based off of Martin Luther King. Whereas you have Killmonger, who's kind of a creator that's more of like a Malcolm X type, to where you have this super radical person who's more towards the side. Of, basically, his goal is he wants to arm uh, America, uh, uh, African American people, so that they can attack and kill and take over the government, essentially. And then uh, T'Challa, who's more of a peaceful, he's trying to keep the peace. He's trying to prevent him from doing that, essentially. And so I like the message behind it to where it's like, you know, this is how you handle conflict. This is not – this that is not how you handle conflict. Yeah. It's basically just, the way they do it. Because Martin me, Luther King was a peaceful protester. What you told me reminds me a lot of X-Men and how T'Challa would be like Professor X and Killmonger would represent Magneto and how they wanted to – Very true. Very, yeah. very true. So do you think it's do you think it's like they're trying to build that same dynamic just in new generation? I think I sense? think the dynamic was the same. Mm -hmm. It's like you have these, but I think it was for a different purpose because the whole racial divide in America is a real thing. Whereas we don't have uh, superior beings like the X Men who are trying to subjugate humanity just because they're stronger than them. Whereas the whole black white thing is a real a real uh, cultural thing that we actually see in real life. Yeah, I, and I think the most for me the most interesting part of watching the X Men is seeing like it, it's illustrating how humans are terrified of the other, and it's like you know you've got these people that are evolving and getting powers, and you're like, what? Like we we can't trust these people. We've got to like lock them up and everything. Yeah, and you know I. They haven't done anything wrong. They were just born with, you know, world-ending powers is the issue. And yes. it's like, how do you handle that? Do they deserve freedom, or do they, des you know, do you lock them down for the to lower the risk for humanity? I think the actual idea behind the whole X Men thing was, uh, I think it was created during the time because you know Stan Lee, who created Marvel, he was a World War II veteran. He was a Signal Corps uh, member during, or he was in the Signal Corps during um, uh, uh, World War II, and I believe the whole dynamic for the X-Men was instead of black and white, it was like the Nazis versus the Jews because uh, Magneto, his backstory is that right. he is he yeah. was in the Holocaust and his, his mother was killed in, or I think it was Auschwitz or one of the uh, concentration camps. And so essentially what he does is he becomes Hitler per se and he tries to do the same thing to humans that was done to him as a child. And he's trying to subjugate humanity and make them – since they're trying to make humans as bitch, and that that's why the you know the the government the the government in the you know in the X Men universe react has this reactionary thing to like oh obviously we see like Magneto over here all all mutants are bad and they're out to get yes. us yes. when you have Professor X trying to you know civilize um you know with his school and getting you know education and showing people how to train their powers in and hone them in um. And you have Magneto saying, like, look, we're obviously the superior race is what he's trying to say. And it's just Professor X showing the other way. And, and one more thing about uh, about the whole cultural significance thing is, for example, Black Panther had a lot of cultural significance to it. Um, 
But I don't think that that alone should be enough to give give to nominate something for an Oscar. Like for example, Selma. Selma I think was a very what was a, I haven't was, seen it in a while. It Selma was, was nominated for best picture. Well, think. that's why I think is a good point. I think it was a it was a good film just um, from a uh, what's the word um, objective point of view. It's like even whether it's about race and uh, racism that kind of cultural thing. You you don't really see that so much. Whereas, whereas it's very obvious that the film Black Panther was nominated for an Oscar sheerly for the purpose of cultural significance, whereas a movie like Selma, cultural significance aside, it was an amazing film that deserved its Oscar nomination. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, back to the best actor conversation. Who did you say was your... So, so I did. I didn't pick one. Um, but I mean, I was talking about Jim Carrey earlier, and I really like. At the, and you know, it's weird because I say like we shouldn't put this stereotype on people where it's just like, oh, they're a funny actor. You know, that, let's not consider. But I, at the end of the day, I kind of do feel like I don't want to pick Jim Carrey because of that reason. Well, so I say this though. Even though he is, it's still is like obviously, like I said with the conversation, he's probably not going to get an Oscar for Dumb and Dumber. But damn it, that performance is still amazing. <laughs> like you gotta be psychotic, or you have that's next level talent. The stuff that he's able to do. Yeah. Like no other actor could do the stuff that he does. He he sets himself apart in such a drastic way. He can't. You can't help but consider him one of the greatest actors. Yeah, I, and for for me, I I really think at the end of the day, my pick is Robert Downey Jr. And it's, really? Yes, it, it's Robert Downey Jr. And he is a you great know actor. the the only. The only time he's, you said he was. I wasn't aware that he was nominated for best supporting actor from *Tropic Thunder*. But if that's true, and then um, I think his other thing he was nominated for best actor for was um, *Chaplin* when he played Charlie Chaplin. Um, yeah. But you know he hasn't gotten any other you know Oscar recognition outside of that. Outside of you know like I said the Avengers Endgame like you get they get the film editing awards and you know a few more people might step up there he might have stepped on the stage or something but for me the way he built a character over you know from 2008 to 2019 and how he built it over all those movies I think the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole rely like it's it's built on the back of him and 100% and yeah. it's okay. the and we talk about the MCU not getting enough credit. I think a lot of it is because it's this conglomeration of films where, like, you don't point out, like, oh, this, like, changed the way I look at the world or something. Like, I, you don't watch a Marvel movie and do that. You watch the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe and you watch the the breadth of films that they have and you're like, wow, this, this is, like, an achievement. This is something. And I think it's important to recognize that... That's never been done before. I mean, it's 20 films, 10 years, all in one universe, and it was built all on him and his performance. I, I think that that's a complete. It's a it's a completely different way to look at like the best actor consideration, but it's the way that I look at it. So that's my pick. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> that, that, no, no, no. That's a really good point, actually. You know how he's because that's the biggest franchise of all time yeah. now. The, oh, the Star Wars. The new no, no no the new Marvel cinematic universe money they have four besides Star yeah besides Star Wars. But I mean they that's have, the biggest well, it's the same same I mean Disney owns everything now, so it doesn't even <laughs> Well matter. I mean the MCU just objectively has grossed like 
I think it's like twice the amount of money as Star Wars. Really? Like in taking so, all the like. So I mean, if I guess probably in, okay, like sales and probably yeah. in twice the amount of movies too, right? Yeah, in yeah. twice the amount of movies. But that's the thing they were able. But you think about it, like we didn't like the MC. I mean, technically, I, my favorite character is Spider Man. Like I know I said my favorite actor is Robert Downey Jr. But my favorite character is Spider Man. Like I'm not. I don't mean to count out Spider Man, but. The MCU's been built since 2008. It wasn't built, you Mr. know... Mr. Stark? Tobey oh, Maguire, so that's a whole oh, yeah. different thing. Well, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, though. Was good. I, it's so, all right, let's, let's, real quick, just a little side note. Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland. So, Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire is the best Peter Parker, and Andrew Garfield was pretty fucking funny, though. Yeah, it was pretty fucking funny to see how hilariously tragic but that, that, that film that, was. No, no, no. That the, thing the, crashed and burned the romance, like the Eisenberg. The romance in that film with him and Yeah, before and he killed Stone. his girlfriend. Yeah, I, spoiler alert. I was... Who I cares? Was, if you see it, fuck oh, you no, watching no. it. Uh, all right, all right. I, I have too much love for Spider-Man to hate on a Spider-Man film this much. I'll defend... I'll even defend Spider-Man 3 where Toby's <laughs> doing like the... the day. I will defend it. I will. I'll do it. <laughs> We can, yeah, that right. There. I'll defend it. I really will. It, it, it's objectively bad, but I love it. For those of you who don't know, Andrew is going around the room doing the Tobey Maguire's Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever walk, where he's like styling an all black T-shirt. He's dancing on the street. He just needs a little bit longer hair and some uh, some eye shadow. That was the most embarrassing thing to happen to Spider-Man since Drake Bell took over as Spider. Man. I'm gonna be honest. That moment was pretty funny to me. Like when, when he was Drake dancing. Bell he's Spider-Man. Ultimate Spider-Man. He's like he's, he's the voice, voice, in, the, voice in, the, in the in the animation. I mean, this was I don't know if this was before or after Fairly Odd Parents, but you know, <laughs> we don't speak about that. I will agree with uh, Ben. Not fully. I think Tobey Maguire was the best Spider-Man, but Tom Holland, I do really love Tom Holland. He's just better. With, he's, play better he's better with quips, and that's a very important part of Peter Peter Parker and Spider-Man. God, if Peter Piper picked a pick. A wait, pick so a you're pepper. saying? <laughs> wait, so what are you saying? So I'm saying like Tom Holland. He's more. He's more energetic and has this like young energy that I yeah. think Spider-Man should have. I mean, he's supposed to be this like 15, 16 year old kid that's like he's a genius, and you know he he's this is all new for him, and he's still a kid, and he's poor, and, you know, you got Iron Man in this one, obviously, funding him, but um, he comes from, you know, Queens, and it's really rough, and he deals with stuff through humor, that he just, he quips all the time, and I don't think Tobey Maguire did that as great, at, le- at least if, when he did, it was a little more cheesy, for I, example. I think which... in terms of, like, <laughs> I think in terms of, to- that, um, I think that Tom Holland was a little bit more accurate. Just in terms of his, now I don't like think his performance was necessarily better. I think he goes a little bit too over the top. He's like, "Whoa, is that your is your arm made of metal? That's crazy." He's a little bit too he's a little bit too kids boppy for me, in my opinion. It's like it's like well, hold on, it's like with Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire was like a grown man, whereas he's an actual like kid. Tobey Maguire, yeah, yeah. oh, not Tobey, Tom Holland is. Yeah, it, well, hold on, I want to say something. Well, um, I would say as far as this conversation goes, I would say. Tobey Maguire found the right balance for Peter Parker, I would say. Because I think, like, there's a certain vulnerability that goes with Peter Parker that's the essence of him becoming Spider-Man. It's, like, it's really interesting because Marvel and DC have this really interesting thing where it's, like, Marvel... A lot of Marvel superheroes have 
inherent character flaws. You know, something about them is, you know, hurting them and holding them back in some way. Where in DC, it's like these characters are perfect and you're just watching like a, a godlike superhero fighting. Yes. So, yeah. So, yeah, Spider Man's flaw would be his, you know, I would say lack of self confidence, you know, that had to do a lot with Peter Parker's childhood. Well, like Tom Holland was a little bit more confident in his. And like his ability to play uh, Peter Parker, just because he yeah. he just didn't seem as like much of a bullied nerd as Tobey Maguire was. But I think Tom Holland's character like was he's kind of he's he gives me a vibe of kind of pushovery. You know what I mean? Like he I see that. he seems a little too soft to me. Tobey Maguire was like a perfect mix, and Andrew Garfield was terrible. Andrew Garfield's a stud, so he doesn't automatically he was attractive, <laughs> athletic, yeah, exactly. well dressed, yeah. and he Plus, wasn't even. Plus, he came off from the social network, and he basically came off as this like really awesome entrepreneur guy. Like, and you he didn't fit the bill. Yeah, you can't see him like that because Tobey Maguire that was his first role, and Tom Holland's the same way. But Andrew, Andrew Garfield was grabbing ass of the the sheriff's daughter. I mean, he didn't. He was not. He was not like some some little wimpy kid who got beat up in in, in high school. He just didn't fit the bill. Ben, you were wanting to say something. And. And just to ben reiterate Tom. again, I just pulled out my Spider-Man wallet just to show that Spider-Man that truly great, is... Great power comes with great responsibility. That, that's, that's right. Um, it, he's truly my favorite character. And I think a lot of what happened with... Fucking nerd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're here at the table with us. <laughs> um, that's true. That's very true. Um, Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland is, you know, Sam Raimi's directing and the entire movie that he made is something that I, I don't think has been repeated and I don't think can be repeated in an age where, you know, you get so many notes from like the studio and stuff and it's Disneyfied as Andrew was talking about. I, I don't think Sam Raimi was able to do what he wanted with Spider Man. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of a lot of that is what makes Toby Maguire better than Tom yeah. Holland in some ways. But I think that Tom Holland is the better actor as in he executed what he was given better. You bring up a very good point, though. It's like, you say Sam Sam Raimi had a very had his own freedom to do what mm -hmm. he wanted. I feel like that's why, you know, Jared Leto's Joker and, like, those movies in general just failed. Because Miserably. Because, let's face it, when you're redoing a superhero franchise, you need a new, you need new breath. For instance, Michael Keaton and Tim Burton as the first Batman movies was very different than Christian Bale and Christopher Nolan because it's a very different style of how they direct and how the storytelling goes. And I feel like in order to have that, that that's what makes these characters very memorable is because they're very different. Like, the reason why the new DC movies are not that good is because I feel like Zack Snyder tries to take too much from Christopher Nolan. Yes. You don't want to see the Snyder Cup, bro? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Justice League was disappointing, Awful. and that's... That's why I did. That's why I didn't want to see the Joker. But since Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix did this art house thing, and it's a very different taste, it was different. So I liked it. I would Holy rather God. watch the fucking Guardians of Gahul than watch Justice League. Oh, All I right? thought you were about to say with Joker. The, with the big owls, you know, I would rather watch that than watch <laughs> than watch. And and DC at the that was a better superhero movie than Justice. I League. forgot about that. That movie plays at Walmart all the time on the TVs <laughs> and the, like, like on the display of DVDs. It's like that and The Blind Side. He's <laughs> playing all the time on <laughs> the display TV. It is a good film. The Blind Side's amazing. Michael Lord, that was that was that's a great story. Um, but you know the the difference between Marvel and DC for me in the 
in this, you know, one age. Sucks, of, one's good. <laughs> in this age of movies, is obviously I have a Marvel bias, but I, I am willing to recognize that Marvel would never produce anything like so Joker. So do ticket players like, they, apparently. They like they ticket buyers apparently prefer have a Marvel bias as well. Just saying. Yeah, well, I mean that's what happens when you market to little kids as well, and I mean sometimes that means you make an objectively worse movie. Um, I hope to God I DC hope, doesn't get bought out by Disney because I don't want it to be infanticized like all. Like you know, I, I, I hope eleven-year-old kids aren't going to watch Joker. I hope they're going no. to watch Ragnarok. Like it's, like yeah. it's, it's two different things. It's a different no. DC. The reason why I think they made a movie like the Joker is because they needed to reinvent themselves because Marvel yes, had just is, gone leaps and bounds above DC, and they needed to do find this whole new breath, and that's why. I feel like they're starting to get that back because Joaquin Phoenix just won Best Actor. And everyone's saying that this is probably one of the best Jokers of all time if you wouldn't count Heath Ledger. And what and what comes with that is recognizing that you're not going to... Like like I said, my, my reasoning for Robert Downey Jr. being the best actor, this, this culmination of films, chances are... Like, you got one in a million odds of repeating something like that. Like, you're most likely just not going to be able to put films together and kind of, you know, have this competing structure to them. Um, so what you've got to do, and what I think DC is smartening up and starting to try to do, I, I just watched Birds of Prey recently. I liked it. Um, I don't know. It, it I didn't there. see it. It okay. was DC. I, I, I actually, you know, I didn't see did my I'm taxes. A, <laughs> I'm a DC fan of Suicide Squad. That's where it comes from. That's where Birds of Prey is based so, off of. And I like you enjoyed Suicide Squad. Well, that's not see, what I said. I okay. Grant, you're an idiot. I that's... just said Birds of Prey is based off of Suicide Squad. And if you didn't like Suicide Squad, there's no reason why you should watch Birds of Prey. No, that's, no. That's, 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 that's what I'm yeah. trying to say no to. Because what I'm trying to say is I think they need to, and I think they're starting to try to, do better at making making just good standalone films that don't have to connect to each other in this big overwhelming universe where you know you're judged by your worst film you know like like it's, Doctor Strange. it's hard to build something off of something Dude, that was a good movie what, what do y'all what do you think it's is the hard worst to build what Marvel, Marvel film other than like spider-man 3 well I mean for me that's gonna be Thor the dark world probably really? um I, yeah I think it but, is pretty shitty <laughs> You know, you've got to do this standalone thing and just make films that are good. I don't think you need to go this way that Marvel's going. It's all mo it's all based on money, is really what it is. Yeah, I mean, Thor The Dark World is a terrible film, but I still watched it just the other day. What? Like, I still watched it on Disney+, Plus because it's there. Great, you're being awful quiet. What do you think about this whole conversation? He's not a nerd like us. <laughs> yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. I know. Uh... I forgot my train of thought. I lost it when... Notes. That's why you gotta use the notes, guy. <laughs> I just noticed, I'm watching this audio file, and you guys are, like, a lot louder than what we're doing. Well, I think it's because of the, the computer. The, the mic on this is gonna be a little bit loud. That's why I was telling you, like, move in a little closer to the mic so that y'all can speak into it. Because, like, we, we need to be, like, right about here. So that's a note for later that we need to get yeah. and we, we can cut this out, too, this whole... Conversation about the audio thing, yeah. but um, yes, it's a good point. But Grant, what do you think about the um? What's your opinion on this whole Marvel DC? Well, I mean, Marvel is way better than DC for sure. I mean, I your I reasoning, liked... <laughs> huh? Your reasoning? Oh, uh... because you're a smart man. That's why. 
Yeah, I, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's culture. <laughs> the only like DC movie that I liked besides like the Christian Bale Batman series is, and that's just the first two. <laughs> the Dark Knight Rises is kind of trash. It's trash. It makes no sense. So he breaks his back. All of a sudden, this guy punches him in the back. And all of a sudden, he's fixed. Then, out of nowhere, he crawls out of a hole. All of a sudden, he's back in Gotham. Where do you, how did he end up back in Gotham? Why did he spend six hours pouring gasoline all over the city? He spent eight years with a broken leg doing nothing. Then he puts this magic brace on his leg, and it fixes it. Look, Marvel's about freaking superheroes and people that turn green when they get angry. But still, that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> Okay, uh, but Wonder Woman was probably I like the Wonder Woman. Movie. See, see, it's like what I'm talking I about. I think the CGI Wonder, was pretty bad. Wonder Woman and Joker are the movies where DC can actually try to build upon and try to actually compete with Marvel again. And then they make something like Birds of Prey, which feeds off the Suicide Squad. No one's gonna watch that. Everyone's gonna automatically think it's a bad movie. That's like making yeah. a sequel to Green Lantern. Yeah. You know, but, why would you make a sequel to Greenland? Listen, if you're trying to reinvent themselves after Wonder Woman and Joker, trash everything that had to do with franchises that suck. Or just give up because all of your movies are garbage. Like, I don't want to see another Justice League. <laughs> I don't want to see Justice League 2. You know what I mean? Man yeah. of Steel was good, though. Man of Steel was not good. Okay, so I, I, I agree. Man of Steel wasn't good. So, hey, okay, I, all right. Henry Cavill, I like Henry Cavill. He was good in Immortals. That was a good film. But I'm sorry, Super Superman is an American icon. I didn't feel comfortable having a British guy playing Superman. Oh, oh my! I'm you sorry. Know, Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield have both been British and played Spider-Man. And yeah, and they were both not as good as Tobey Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well how that's... do you feel about Christian Bale playing Dick Cheney and Daniel Day-Lewis playing Abraham? At least he did a good job. Like Henry Cavill, his acting—he had the acting range of a crumpet. All right. <laughs> His acting was, who are, I will show you some scenes. He's literally like, who are you? He's like, I'm your father, Cal. That's my name. What the hell? <laughs> His act is just the acting. He, he's trying to play the super, super serious guy. All right. And Henry Cavill, yeah, he usually plays those serious like action roles. But still, I think it was a bit too bland. He didn't bring any sort of personality to Superman whatsoever. Do you what? Well, you know Superman what? still has a good bit of personality. He's not as dark as Batman. I don't know if that's a fair criticism though, because you know you're a big Marvel fan, and Marvel Marvel's very big on making the comedic heroes. Well, even so, so it's so like so you can't really compare Superman well, to Iron Man. Fair enough. It's a very fair different. Enough. Well, I'm not trying to get it to work, but still, it's like you got all these these films. You got Suicide Squad, where the whole thing was just one big joke. All right. You have even Dark Knight, where it was completely... Even then, in the Dark Knight, you have the super serious thing, because D Batman is a super serious character, you know? Like, you don't want to have the Punisher who's cracking jokes all the time. It's the Punisher. The dude lost his wife and kids. He, he's constantly suicidal. He's an alcoholic, and he kills people because, you know, he feels like that's the only thing he has to do. Whereas with Superman, is this is the guy that, you know... Like, this is Superman. He's... He's Superman. There's no other way to put it. Like, Superman is just known he's not a super serious guy. And you're making this super dark film about Superman. And, yes, I'm a big fan of dark films. I like anti-heroes and stuff. But this one just... I mean, he destroys the entire city. He breaks a dude's neck. 
And it's like, yeah, usually I would like something like that, but not from Superman necessarily. It was just a huge, it was a very weird well, take it, on mean, Superman. It, just in general, anything that has to do with Superman, his powers are, I've, I've never liked Superman just personally. I, I he's just, too powerful. It, it, he's he's too not powerful, relatable. And yeah, I, I really don't think he's relatable. The most relatable thing about him is his, you know, his family that he has back here. Yeah. And like, I, I still that he it sucks is. at protecting, apparently. He just watches his father get killed by a tornado. Yeah. He didn't even have to fly to save him. He could Like, he's not going to move. But literally, he's strong. He, he doesn't have to move. It's a... It's like a... Yeah, it's Kansas. So it was probably a super powerful tornado. But you don't have to move. You, you, you can stay put on the ground as you walk towards your father. Get him out of the car. It's not like he had to... So I, I mean, okay, worst case scenario, they all know you're powerful. I mean, you saved the school bus full of kids earlier, and apparently your dad was like, "Ah, eh, probably should have just let them die." No, but I, I mean, I get, I get it. You know, all the all the effort he had to put in was just clicking his heels twice, and yes, he's out of the tornado. Dude. Dude. Like, <laughs> like I, come I, on, dude, it's ridiculous. It, it didn't make sense. I I don't think super. I think Superman, even though he's on paper the most powerful hero, he could be easily beaten because everybody knows what his weakness is. Kryptonite. Yeah. That's why the Batman versus Superman film was a joke to me. Because oh, your your mother's name is Martha too. Well, shit, let's be buddies. Well, this changes everything. Well, not just that. <laughs> Batman knows. Batman's known what Superman's weakness is: kryptonite. So all he has to do is go to Superman and be like, "Pop, pop, kryptonite." That movie's over in thirty minutes. Yeah, apparently, because in Batman versus Superman, all of a sudden he kills people. You know, it's not like a big part of Batman's, you know, whole dynamic <laughs> is that he refuses to kill. That's why Zack well, Snyder... And also, he uses guns now. That's why Zack Snyder's default for ruining the Batman franchise. Yeah. I mean, or, I don't... Or any superhero franchise. I, I will say this about one last point. I'll, Henry Cavill's such a beefcake. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will give him that. He's such a beefcake. You watch The Witcher? Or... I don't. I don't. Okay. I haven't either. But uh, I play the shit out of the games. But I got an Xbox. It's probably a PlayStation exclusive. All right. Um, well, this was the podcast. Uh, we definitely leaned a lot more towards you know comic books and yeah. movies and all that. But you know, like we've said, it'll be ranging from anything from politics to you know Wait, talking about things you do for a million bucks. Should we finish the best actor debate? Because I don't think we got to. Okay, we just talked for fifty-four minutes. <laughs> well, y'all, y'all can make it real quick. Look, look, y'all, y'all, y'all tune in later. We will continue the best actor debate, and then, like I said, we'll move on to all kinds of different topics. Um, but you know, we've got we've got an hour in here. I think we got to go. So, uh, nice talking to you. Yep. See y'all later. Bye. Bye. Adios. Have a beautiful time.